Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 176 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the kinky cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we bring you His Girl Friday on Boot Blacking. Here's your hosts, Woody and Chrissy. Thanks, Max. Welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Sitting next to me is not the Beast. It is Chrissy. It's me. Hi. Welcome back. It's been forever. And you're going to bring us something special tonight. I am. I have a special friend from Alabama. Her name is Friday, and some people know her because of her boot blacking skills. She's quite the talented lady. Hi, boot Friday. Boot black? What's a boot black? <laughs> Hi, how are y'all doing? We're great. What a boot black is, is someone that you'll often see at events. Um, they also kind of work behind the scenes. They work to take care of people's leather, the history that goes along with the leather, and just work to preserve the stories that the leather has. In the leather world, each piece of leather does have its own story and how it's presented to the wearer, and uh, the boot black takes care of things. Yes. How long have you been doing that? I first started boot blacking in the lifestyle um, in 2012. And I grew up taking care of leather. I had horses, so I took care of their tack. My ex was military, so I took care of their boots. And then I took a break from it. And when I got into the lifestyle and I started learning about the importance of leather, I said, that is something that I think that I would be interested in again. And I went to my first class in 2012 and was kind of hooked. It's a, it's a skill set to learn how to care for leather correctly. I know I've gone to conferences and seen stands set up with three or four different chairs and three or four boot blacks working away cleaning boots typically, although I know that you clean other pieces of leather and condition them so forth. But it's just it's more than just cleaning and conditioning leather, isn't it? Right. It is definitely more than cleaning and conditioning. Um, a lot of people kind of refer to us as their therapist once they get in the stands because they find their stories kind of spilling out. Not only the stories of the leather, but the stories of them and how they got to where they are and the importance that that leather has to them. So it's it's definitely more than just the cleaning and conditioning. And I tell some people in one of the classes that I teach that a lot of times you take care of the person by taking care of the leather. I like that. I, I like that. It's a very intimate experience sometimes, isn't it? Most definitely. You can definitely get a connection with a person. So you said you, you teach classes. What do you teach? I teach a boot blacking 101. I teach erotic boot blacking. Um, there was a topping and bottoming in the boot black stand. Ooh. Yeah, that was Explain those a little bit. So erotic boot blacking, how does that work? One of my favorite lines from that class is, 
you might not come away with the best shine, but you'll come away with a lot of fun. Instead of being a more technical thing and focused on, you know, maybe repairing the leather or worrying about that, it's really loving on the leather and using all parts of your body and all of the different products to give like a fully immersive experience. It sounds phenomenal. Now, let me ask you a question, Friday. You're associated with SELF, with the Southeast Leather Fest, and I know I've seen you there. And talk about SELF, please. SELF this year is June 15th through the 18th. It is in Atlanta, Georgia again, and we are going to be in a brand new hotel. They are opening up just a little bit before SELF, actually, so we will have all new furnishings, um, new places to meet. They're going to have great food for us. And I am actually the boot black program coordinator there. So I will be wrangling the boot blacks. We're going to have some really great boot blacks there. We're going to have a boot black panel. We're going to have a boot black lab where people can kind of get some more knowledge there. Um, In addition to those, there are a lot of other classes. I believe there's over 60 classes that are offered throughout the weekend and four intensive. And there's going to be a keynote speech on Saturday with a luncheon. Sir Guy de Brownsville will be there for that. And then Angel Props on Sunday is going to be giving our end note celebration speech. Wow, that's quite a programming. Don't you have a long history with self? <laughs> I do. I was actually there. Um, I was the Southeast Boot Black, which was a title that I earned itself in 2015. You're so modest. I would have said that (laughs) right off the get-go. Yes, I love self. It's wonderful. It's my favorite event. (laughs) It is. It's a really great one. It's like a family reunion every year. It is. That's a good way to describe it. So, Friday, how did you get into the kink scene? I was actually interested from my teenage years, but I was always kind of too shy to pursue it. There were a couple of bits and spurts, starting with people that I dated. But it's one of those things that it was very hard for me to bring up. So one day, you know, the almighty Google machine, I came home and I was like, there has got to be some way to meet other people that are interested in the things that I'm interested in. So I got logged on to that wonderful website, that life, and actually got a message, I think the first or second day by someone that was with the Red Chair in Birmingham and got involved with them. That's awesome. Is that your local club, the Red Chair? It is. It's the most local to myself. And they are a fabulous club. Lots of good things happen there. Are you, are you one of the bootblacks that they have on, sta- on, on standby? Well, they don't really have uh, boot blacks that they have like on standby. They do have a stand that's there at the club. And so if you're there and you want a black, you can. You don't have to use the stand. I usually go for the floor. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's pretty open. That's cool. You gave a little history of the, of the boot blacks in general. Um, what's the big draw for you personally? I mean, it's, it's a... Every, Everybody has their own unique perspective on what their kinks are and what draws them to it. What, what is it about the about boot blacking? It's a two or threefold thing for me. I like, with the technical aspect, I like being able to see the leather, you know, a dirty, nasty pair of boots coming to my stands and I can clean them up and I can either shine them or I can grease them or something and they look 
so much better than what they came into my stand with. And the person is so happy. So seeing that transformation and just having that technical skill, but it's also a service thing for myself. I don't and haven't really had a person that I served and this was, and I'm very service oriented. So this was a huge way for me to be able to give back and provide a service and use a skill set. And then also the connection that I have with people. Um, I found myself tearing up sometimes working on certain pieces of leather or being very sad to see it leave the stand because the connection with the leather and with the person was so great. There's a lot more emotion in this than a lot of people would think. It's not just a shine. It's a love of the leather. Right. We pour ourselves into it. I think it's love and respect that goes into it. Yes. And it is important to note that not everyone that um, is a boot black is a bottom or is a service-oriented type person. Sometimes it is a skill set, and they just do it because they can and because they love the leather. Hmm. I never considered that, but I'm sure that's true. For yes. me, uh, ser- service drives me, too, so I would be coming from that perspective. And being a perfectionist, I'd be freaking out if I didn't get it right. <laughs> and even if I got it right, I would still think I needed to get it better. <laughs> People would never leave. <laughs> I understand. I just finished up a pair of boots and I told um, the person that I was working on them for, I said, as soon as I quit obsessing over these, I'll send them back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I totally relate. (laughs) But the recipient gets this beautiful leather back that is in the best condition it's ever been. You know, when I came back from a a boot blacking experience, uh, my boots had never looked like that. That is what we truly hope, um, to always send them off better than what we get them. And hopefully, you know, it's more than just a pretty piece of leather. Hopefully they enjoyed the full experience. So you're going to be wrangling the boot blacks itself this year. That sounds like like herding cats. I'm envisioning this. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? Tell me. The boot blacks, we just have a schedule. We have certain hours that we're open. And so starting probably about a month out, So soon-ish, I will be sending out a schedule to those that have shown interest in boot blacking itself, making sure that the spots are filled, filling in any empty spots, anything like that, making sure that people are at the stands when they need to be. For the boot blacks that are in the stands, I'll try to go by and make sure that they have what they need as far as water. Um, I keep extra supplies in case we have people coming from out of town that still want to be in the stands. Because we'll all share kits. It's it's a very friendly community. And then, you know, if we have boot blacks that can't make a shift, just shifting and moving pieces and parts and making sure that it all kind of goes together. Isn't there going to be a, a boot black party or are you guys hosting something? What's happening with that? We have a boot black mingle. Oh, a mingle. This year. Okay. We had a boot black mingle last year as well. Um, so this will be... And I know we've had it previous years, but we're trying to kind of grow it because because what I would like to do is have people come and meet their boot blacks outside of the stand. Maybe get to know them more as a person instead of just as the boot black. That is also where you will find the chocolate cake, the wonderful chocolate cake tradition that is part of being a boot black. So it's just a time to come, you know, have a beverage or two, have some chocolate cake, meet your boot black and hopefully make some new friends. 
I don't know. Having cake, that's a big draw. Are you going to be making the cake? I've tasted your baked goods. They're fabulous, <laughs> by the way. So. <laughs> I was entertaining the idea of making the cake this year. <laughs> you might be stuck doing it now. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Self sounds great. It's going to be in a brand new hotel. Brand new, new, mm-hmm. totally new, which is new and shiny and fabulous. And new classes. We've got 60 yes. classes. And the boot black mingle, which is being expanded. Yes. And how many chairs are you going to have set up? Do you know? We're going to have three chairs. We've actually got brand new stands this year. I got a text from Lady Catherine, and she let me know that we are going to have three brand new, beautiful stands that are based on um, the Folsom Street West stands that they use. That's awesome. So I am excited. I can't wait to get there and see what they look like and break those in. This is really exciting. You know, this is very cool. Oh, it's great. I'm, this is something that I look forward to all year. Self this year is going to be held in June 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th. Is that right? Those four days? Yes. Schedule change, hotel change. We can adapt. Yes, we can adapt, and it's still going to be fabulous. Woody, will you be there this year? Uh, I will not be this year. The Beast is going, however. Okay. And people need to make sure that if they can, to go ahead and get their registration. I think the price that they have right now is good until May the 20th. And you have to be registered to see the hotel information. And our room block closes on May 27th. So the sooner people can get registered and get their rooms, the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited and I'll be there too, for sure. Due to my connections with Mast International, we're having our meeting on Saturday, I believe. I still need to confirm the schedule. This this change has kind of made everything a little bit scrambled to regroup, and we're doing well. Let's put it that way. I know I know Self is doing terrific. A lot of hardworking people. Yes, I've um, kept in contact with the other staff and Lady Catherine and Everybody is getting the work done, and like I said, it is going to be absolutely terrific. And hopefully we'll have lots of great contestants this year as well. Let's talk about contestants for a second. How does a boot black contestant go through the ranks? There are different things for different regions. Uh, In the southeast, you actually have, I believe, you still have two options. You have southeast community boot black. And then you have Southeast Boot Black, which is what I was, which is itself. And neither has a precursor to them. There are no feeder contests for them. You just put in your application. You do have to have references and you list experience. There's an application. You answer some questions. They do check your references and you know whether or not you get your application accepted. It is a really great contest. I know that in... I believe like the Great Lakes region, they have different regional and state contests that feed into Great Lakes boot black. And then there are a few in the Southwest region that feed into Southwest boot black. And there's now a mid-Atlantic boot black. It's growing. Yes. Some have feeder contests. Some don't. South is one of the ones that does not. I have to check that out some more. It's still Last time I looked, everything was still coming together, and I couldn't get any information. I hope it's together. I'm sure it'll be together by the time this podcast is released. It'll be finalized, but um, it's still early. Right. 
hopefully, like I said, we will have contestants because they do have several different categories that are going to be running this year. I wanted to ask you, what, what do you carry in your kit? In my kit, I have a plethora of items. I have five different conditioners that I've kind of collected over the years. I have a cream polish in several different colors. I have a wax polish, and my preferred brand is Lincoln, but I do also carry Angelus and Kiwi just in case the person in my chair is a diehard fan of either. And I have found that sometimes Angelus works better than Lincoln. So I have the wax polish in different colors. I have paracord for lacing in three different colors. I have things for repairing like leather dust. I have Franken patch, which I actually used today on that pair of boots for my friend. I have three brushes that are my babies that go with me everywhere. And believe it or not, toothpicks, <laughs> cotton balls, Q-tips, a lighter, a buffer, and China pencils, and a toothbrush, and the shaving brush, and the glycerin soap for cleaning, <laughs> wow. and my mug. And that is it, I think. This is an expensive kit to keep going. You can go as big as you want. We have... I have a friend that has one of the build-on toolboxes. Like she named it Budimus Prime because it's huge. And she has everything that you could imagine in there. And she has cream polishes and like every color over the rainbow. Mine is pretty scaled down by comparison. And though I have everything for the repairs in the bigger kit, I have like a little tool tray that is my go-to that I can pack up and take for a night at the club or... Those are usually the materials that I'll take when I travel. You don't have to have a whole lot. It's just as big as you want to make it. In your experience, what would you recommend for a beginner to put into their kit? Their cleaning product of choice is that I use a glycerin, a shaved glycerin soap, their bowl or mug and brush, rags, wax polish and cream polish, and a conditioner. Is there any particular type of cleaning cloth? Lint-free is good. I use torn up t-shirts for applying the polish and actually for cleaning, I use the lint-free, like the surgical drape cloths. If you have a hookup with hospitals or anything like that, because once they open the bundle, they can't use them again. And so they'll end up throwing them away. If you can manage to get your hands on some of those, those are really great because they're lint-free and they're soft and they're great for cleaning. Right after this interview, uh, stay tuned, listeners, and you can hear a actual boot blacking in progress from the self-recording that I made two years ago at self when I actually had the treatment. It was a fun time. Oh, yay. That was in 2015. Yeah. That's the year that Friday won her title. Woo, woo. That is. It makes yeah. me wonder who it was. Well... Listen, and you will find out. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will be sitting on the edge of my seat to figure out who that was. That's cool. Tell me about Imsel. Imsel and Imsbaba that are now being combined to Imsbable. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. This is alphabet soup. What, what does this all this mean? Imsel is International Miss Leather, and Imsbaba was International Miss Boot Black. And they're held at the same contest or the same weekend, and they're both under the EMSL organization, but they're actually just combining the acronyms now to make it EMSBable instead of two separate. So it's fun to say once you figure it out. <laughs> but it was actually um, this past weekend, and Megan from Kentucky 
She was the Great Lakes Boot Black. She just completed her title year. And another Great Lakes Boot Black, Elisa, she actually won it this year. This was, I believe, the biggest class to date. And it looks like a ton of fun. And I'm actually planning on going next year. And I hope to compete one day. But it is a wonderful organization. And interestingly enough, you do not actually have to have a title, a boot black title, before competing for international boot black. And they have a counterpart. They have International Mr. Boot Black at IML in Chicago. But they have International Miss Boot Black in San Jose. So it is a wonderful organization. It's a great event. Um, I know a lot of people have said, oh, you know, I don't I don't necessarily feel like I would be comfortable in a women's space. But from all of the gentlemen that I have talked to and some gentlemen that are on staff, it's extremely welcoming to both men and women. So don't let that scare you off. It is a um, very welcoming, friendly organization. It sounds like the field of boot blacking is expanding. It is definitely all over. You know, in 2014, I believe they had Southern Soul, and we had boot blacks from all over the country come and attend Southern Soul. It was a weekend in Augusta, and they had Megan that just stepped down, was there, uh, boot black Marta, who won Great Lakes the year before her and was first runner-up at MSPOBA. Um, Shelly, who is from California and ran the same year that Megan did, she was there at Southern Soul. The current Mid-Atlantic Boot Black was at Southern Soul. So that was a really great event, and it drew from all over the country. But the really neat thing about boot blacking is there are so many regional differences and polishes that work best in different places and things that are different depending on who you learn from. And it's kind of like a family line. Like here in the Southeast, if you learn from Elegant in Atlanta, you learn the shaped glycerin soap. In the Midwest, you see a lot more of the liquid glycerin the liquid saddle soap. You know, there are boot blacks in Canada that have competed. The first South African boot black ever competed at MSPOA this year. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's growing. The more that we can get in there, the better. The more that we can teach, the more that are willing to learn, the better. Excellent, excellent. I'm really looking forward to the big weekend in June and seeing you again at South. I have to thank you for taking time out of your super busy schedule to do this podcast with us today. Thank you so much. Not a problem. I enjoyed it. And make sure you find me for some cookies. Yes. And chocolate cake at the boot black mingle. And chocolate cake. I will have double duty. Wait a minute. All the sweet stuff. Are you going to bring me a cookie back? Sure. Oh, cool. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you. Here's Woody's boot black experience at self 2014. Hi, this is Woody, and here at Self, I'm on the boot black stand with Tidbit. How are you, Tidbit? I'm doing great. How are you, Woody? So you're standing here supervising this operation, and Lily is here at my feet, or my boots. Yes, she is. And um, so tell me about uh, your history in boot blacking. Um, I actually started boot blacking uh, back in 2000, before I knew what boot blacking was. Uh, I was working EMS, and... Um, blacked my boots every morning at the base before I uh, before I went out on, on jobs. And it turned into uh, my employees, fellow employees coming in the door and uh, taking off their boots, lining them up beside the couch in the base, and I would black everybody's boots while they checked off my truck. And uh, so I started out 
you know, blocking everybody else's boots before I even knew what it was. And then uh, as I came into the leather community, was kind of surprised to see uh, boot black stands appearing everywhere and, and realizing that this, you know, I could incorporate that into, you know, part of, of being leather and was quite happy. So it came very natural to it you. It did. It did. All right. So I'm sitting on the stand. What next? Put well, my feet up high. There you go. First thing you're going to do is put your feet up there on the stand. She's going to... Roll up your pants legs and get them out of the way because we don't want soap and polish on those nice pretty jeans. There you go. And the other leg. So Lily here has been doing boot blacking for how long? Two years. Two years. Un- under your tutelage? Under my tutelage, yes. If she does a great job, I taught her everything she knows. If she doesn't, then I don't even know her. <laughs> hmm Well, she's probably noticing that these boots don't have a lot of mileage on them. No, they don't. They actually they look pretty pretty good. What she's doing right now, um, that little pause, is she's trying to memorize your lacing pattern before she takes the laces out of your boots. Make them correct. And I'll have to give demerits to the last one that blacked me. Uh Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So now she's not memorizing your pattern anymore. She's just going to fix it when she relaces them. There you go. And that's a really good thing. One small service we provide. So there's two stands here uh, in the boot blacking area. And I guess it gets pretty busy as everybody prepares for the uh, the night's festivities. It does. Uh, uh, probably around 3 or 4 o'clock this afternoon, these chairs will be uh, absolutely slammed. Uh, I believe that uh, it may be right about now. Uh, that other empty chair over there is uh, the contestant's preference. There is a, uh, a boot black contestant um, for self that uh, has the option of coming over and blacking in that chair, I believe, during this time period which is why it's empty at the moment. And so when a contestant comes in there, they're looking to get a approval from the, the masses here? or uh, Correct. There's a, a judging system, um, and uh, you know they have to get a certain number of points. There, there are a certain number of points assigned for different categories, um, such as for the, uh, the boot black title. Um, there is uh, you know, technical skill. There is, uh, I believe, formal wear for this category. They take a look at, you know, you know, what you're wearing and, you know, how do your own leathers look. You know, they judge how you interact with uh, different attendees over the course of the weekend. So even when you're not actually in an interview or giving a speech on stage, the judges are watching you. And they're watching how you mingle with everybody and how you interact. Lily is now soaping up your boots. Um, he's a product called glycerin um not a whole lot of additives in it not a whole lot of extra stuff and uh she's gonna lather those up real good it's very white and foamy it is very white and foamy and it's you know we go for a good lather so that you know you get more lather on your boots than water and then once we take that soap off it's gonna hopefully take the dirt with it yours were pretty clean to begin with i don't run around in the mud too much that's that's good these particular boots are 12 years old wow they do not look like 12-year-old boots. i got to give you that. Very well taken care of. No matter how poorly they were laced. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're taking off all of that lather. And she's probably going to go in here in a little bit with some Q-tips or a toothbrush. Some sort of uh, you know, way of getting it out of all the eyelets and the seams and the places the towel can't reach. The lighting where we are right now is is quite good. I've seen this in dungeons in the darkness and it must be a, a little hard to find all the uh, the nooks and crannies then it is it's actually commonplace in a boot black kit to find a headlamp we will uh, we'll throw on a headlamp and light up our work dungeons and bars are um, 
you know, typically extremely dark. Um, you know, another place you you find it difficult to black is if there's a uh, say a, a cigar social going on outside, and uh, you know, usually they take place you know ten or eleven o'clock at night, and you've got no outdoor lighting. Now you need a headlamp, so it's very commonplace to find a headlamp and a boot blacks kit. Now we are fortunate here; the lighting is very good where we're set up. And here come the Q-tips through the eyelets and get all the uh, exactly run out of there. Just pulling that Q-tip completely through, make sure we get all the lather out. Now, the now she's yeah. going around with a toothbrush and getting the lather off of what we call the catwalk, which is that uh, that part where the leather meets the sole of your boot. You get that little edge there that. We commonly call the catwalk. She's doing a pretty good job. I might admit to, to teaching this one. Well, she looks like she's doing a fine job to me, but I am an amateur she's when doing, it comes to this. She's doing an excellent job. Yeah, one thing that happens with uh, with glycer- glycerin soap, if you don't get all the, the lather off, it will uh, it will actually turn like hazy and, and crusty, and you'll go finding it later. And I will admit to having done it on my own boots. Get in a hurry and leave a little bit of lather somewhere. Those look good, Lily. And as you can see, that was just a very, very small amount of water she sprayed in there. Mm-hmm. And she's using actually a little portable uh, soap dish, a little travel soap dish to work her lather up in. And these are great because after she's, after she's done with her chair time, she can take all of that into the bathroom and rinse out that, that soap box. And it's ready to go for next time. So she draws up a little bit of the glycerin soap with, mm-hmm. with the water mist. Right. And then goes to this empty... Then goes soap to the dish. empty soap dish to work up the lather. Okay. Correct. Some people will use a uh, small Tupperware bowl, empty bowl, with a little water misted in the bottom of it. Um, but basically, you know, overall is is the soap is in one container, and then you work up the lather in another. This little soap box has little ridges in it, so I guess that's helpful at bringing it does. Up it the helps, uh, lather. It helps with the lather. And I like, I honest, I use a soap dish as well. Um, I like them because they're uh, small. Uh, you've you know you've already got this dish of of soap in your kit, and now you're adding another bowl to mix the lather up in. And when you've been a boot black for a while, you begin to collect polishes and creams and lotions and you know all kinds of bottles and gadgets, and your kit gets very very full. So the the smaller the better. Everybody's got a different type of boot, and, right. and so you have different leather types that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I guess even down to the laces are all different. Exactly. You know, I know in, in my kit, I've got at least, I want to say, eight different colors of polish. I've got several different brands. You know, not only do you have folks with different kind of boots, so you have folks with different kinds of, of preferences. As to, you know, some folks will only want Kiwi on their boots. Other folks will only want Lincoln on their boots. And so, you know, you run into different preferences that you have to accommodate. In the past, I've had some boots that had white stitching along the catwalk, and uh, it's I've had it dyed uh, to be black, to, so it's not noticeable, and so th- that becomes a step. Right. I've got a uh, I've got a small little bottle of dye in my kit, um, and I also have China pencils for the folks that that do have the colored stitching that want to keep it colored. Um, I think I've got five or six different colors of that. And also, you know, one, it brings out the color of the stitching, and two, it helps protect the stitching from when you go to buff after applying the polish, you don't end up with polish on the stitches. You'll see you got somebody wearing Doc Martens that has, le- you know, yellow stitching, and now you're buffing their, over the yellow stitching, a black polish, they'll end up with black smudges on their, on their yellow stitches. And so you, you know, I carry 
your China pencils to help correct that problem. So that's just a waxy mass that you put over the... Right, right. You know, they make them in yellow, red, white, um, black. Uh, and it's just a, it's, it's a... Some people call them grease pencils. But you can get them at most... Uh, most arts and craft stores have them. And she's now going to slide the Q-tip through on the other boot, get all that lather off. We're almost done cleaning. And she's hitting all your seams and edges with the Q-tip on that boot. We're almost done. Next comes the polish. Lily actually does something a little different than a lot of other boot blacks. Um, Lily will stack everything on top of her kit. A lot of other boot blacks will stack their products on the boot black stand pretty much underneath you. So, it's, you know, the, every boot black has a, a different method. You, know, you go with what works for you. There is no one true correct way. Now what she's doing now is applying a conditioner. This is a cream-based conditioner. Your booster just kind of kind of soak it up real quick, and uh, there's no beeswax or anything to leave a coating in this stuff. It's just going to soak up and go away, and then she'll be able to polish on top. What does the conditioner do to the leather? The conditioner um, yeah, basically feeds the leather. Um, if you don't condition your leather, you end up with, with hard, brittle leather that's after a while is honestly not very comfortable to wear whether it be boots or a vest, the, the conditioner actually lubricates the, uh, the fibers of the leather so that they move more freely. So it has a lot to do with drying out, the leather drying out exactly. and getting hard. it does. Mm-hmm. And when your leather dries out, it gets hard and brittle. I don't know if you've ever had a piece of leather that you left in the basement or left it in the garage and forgot about it. and you know, it's, it's not very pliable after a while. So this is you know, one thing we do is, is condition the leather before we apply the polish because the... Uh, you know, you need to feed it. it it's got to eat. One place that is notorious on a pair of boots for getting dry is the tongue. A lot of people, you know, focus on the, the outside of the boot, but forget about the tongue. And uh, that's going to be the, the thinnest piece of leather and the, the piece that's the closest to your foot, um, honestly. is in it. If it gets hard and brittle, it's going to cause you the most discomfort. So that's what she's doing now is conditioning the tongue. And as you can see, that, that conditioner has just soaked right up. No oily or, or greasy residue on your on your boot. They seem to be quite thirsty. They did seem to be a little thirsty. Now, if you were wearing, you're wearing a high shine boot. If you were wearing an oil tan, um, Lily would more than likely go with a different kind of conditioner, uh, whether it be an Aussie uh, beeswax base or a Hubert's, which is a pine tar base. Um, and that will leave a, uh, those will, will leave a, a greasy residue. You want those to, to leave a greasy residue. But you don't want to put that on what you're wearing now. We want the, the polish to stick here in a few minutes. So She's detailing around the eyelets. Now, I have seen boot blacks put Hubert's on uh, high shines like you're wearing. But then you're looking at a time issue where you've got to wait for the Hubert's to soak in and dry up. Um, this product she's using right now soaks in a lot faster, and she can continue on with polishing without having to make sure all the Hubert's is, is soaked in and gone. And we've done a little bit of um, experimenting with this product to make sure that we can polish over the top of it um, and that the, the polish will actually stick to the boot. During our experimentation, we have found that it does. Yeah, I have to admit, that feels pretty good right there. It does feel pretty good. One of the, uh, one of the side effects of massaging conditioner into a boot is you end up getting a, a foot and, and calf massage. You know, and at this point, we really try to connect with you through your boot. This is where the energy exchange happens. And I will say I enjoy the energy exchange. Yeah, we have, we have spectators very curious as to what we're doing. She's going to add a touch more, and one of the things she's doing in between is making sure that it's not gooping up in the, in the seams. 
where it's going to affect the polish later. So we're just making sure it's going straight onto the leather and not collecting in any little pockets anywhere and getting all soaked up. I don't know, i got to say, I think I taught this one well. There's many details you don't think about that uh, I'm watching her do right now. She's using her fingernail up in the seams. Yeah, there's a lot of intricate detail work that goes along with boot black. A lot of folks that have never done it don't realize that there's a there's a lot of small detail work because you can you can slap a coat of polish on the boots, but if you miss the edges and the seams, it really affects the overall look of the boot. Boot blacking is generally done as a service to the community, but uh, the thing we need to remember is that a tip is really required here. Tips are greatly appreciated. Boot blacks. They purchase everything that's in their kit, and at some point it gets used up, and it's got to be replenished. A lot of events will yeah, re- request that, that boot blacks donate part of their uh, part of their tips to a local charity. Some allow allow boot blacks to keep all of their tips. Some require boot blacks donate all of their tips. So, you know, different events have different uh, different requests for boot blacks. But yeah, tipping is is very appreciated because you know we have to go out and and replenish what we use and. You know, from my personal experience, one can of Lincoln shoe polish is on average 7 or $8. Uh, that conditioner that she's using on you now, um, that small little tube uh, will probably run you about 8 or 9 um, You can get larger larger bottles of it for $20. Um, yeah, you can buy it by the gallon. Uh, you can get Hubert's in, like, the, 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 the can literally looks like a paint can. They're huge. But yeah, tips are greatly appreciated so that we can continue to do what we do. Since we don't calculate the, the standard percentage in tips, since we're not paying for the, the shine, right. what is the uh, appropriate tip for something like this? I know with you know, my personal experience, if, uh, if someone sits down and I'm doing a, a quick clean and, and grease on an oil tan boot, um, a, a $10 tip is, is common. Um, if they're asking me to do a high shine and then condition a vest that they're wearing, a $20 tip would be appropriate. Um, and it, it just, you know, if, if they just want a, uh, you know, come up and, oh, my belt is a little dry, could you condition that for me? You know, if, you know in that case, you know, a couple dollars, five dollars is appropriate. It's, it's, it's pretty consummate to what they're wanting us to do. Uh, but, t- you know, $10 and $20 tips are, are very common. And as, as you can see, a high shine boot is going to involve a lot more work than if you were wearing oil tans. I'm seeing that, yes. And now she's putting the, uh, the polish on with her hands, working in, in small circles to make sure we get every, every inch of the boot covered. And she's using, using Lincoln because you, uh, I believe you said you, re- you know, we're requesting Lincoln. We, we try to ask our customers what's, uh, what they prefer or what's been used before on the boot. Um, Sometimes we can have a little trouble if they, you know, say they've got 20 coats of Lincoln on their boot and then we go trying to put another brand on top of it. Um, so it's, it's, it's useful for us if, if, you know, if, you, if you are aware of, of what product has been used on your boot in the past. You know, it's got eight coats of Lincoln, then the, the next coat we put on, we want it to be Lincoln as well. The last time these were done was in a dungeon. It was dark and I did not see what it was and they didn't tell me. <laughs> Well, we're hoping it's Lincoln. <laughs> we will find out when she goes to buff. Sometimes if you mix polishes, if you put a different polish on top of, of one that's been there and built up several coats, it will turn hazy as we, try to, as we try to buff it off. It won't stick very well. And you'll end up with a hazy coating, and then we've got to start over. So she's making sure to get you know, up against all of your seams and down against the edge of the catwalk. One of the things that just happened was another boot black um, 
got asked to condition somebody's boots and did not have his kit down here with him, so he's asking to borrow mine. We commonly loan each other other products, and if we have a couple of stands side by side, you know, hey, do you have any edge dressing, or uh, can I borrow your Huberts, or I just ran out of black gold. Very commonplace for, for bootlegs to share product or loan. That is what Andy is doing right now, is digging through my kit, hopefully finding what he needs. So what is black gold? Black gold is a Huberts type of um, product. It's a, a pine tar base that's actually got um, black coloring in it. So it's a, a conditioner with a black tint so that it, it somebody's uh, garments are looking a little um, on the, the dull gray side of, of black. We can give them a little, a little boost of color. The mate to black gold is something called Havana gold. It has a brown tint to it. And we can do the same thing, kind of bring a little bit of color back to faded leathers. And what you're seeing on that other stand is going to be a garment care which is actually that's one of my favorite things to do is to condition these pants while he's wearing them. And Andy's pretty much going to get that black gold all over his hands, uh, maybe his face. I'm not really sure yet. We'll find out shortly. Now Lily's working around your eyelets here, making sure she's getting the, the polish in. Even though it doesn't look like a very thick coat, once you go to buff it off, you, you immediately see if you missed a spot. And it's very annoying. <laughs> Lily is nodding, yes. It's very annoying. And as you can see, bootlegs kind of sometimes have to turn into contortionists to make sure that they get every part of your boot. Because when you've got your feet up on the stands there, sometimes it's hard to get to, like, your heel. And and when you get in your own light also. Hmm. Yes. Now she's created a shadow that she's trying to work with. And what I was talking about with the soap a minute ago is you can see Andy over there on that other stand is doing what I do with the uh, the soap dish. And is now soaping up his leather pants the same way Lily just did your boots. And now Lily is demonstrating the contortionist act standing on her head. After a few minutes of this, the blood kind of rushes to your head and you get a little dizzy. There's a lot of intensity going on there. There is. She is she's concentrating very, very hard. And I, th- I think part of this may be that her mentor is standing right here giving a play-by-play of everything she's doing. No pressure. I believe Lily became my mentee uh, right around it was the beginning of my title year, wasn't it? Oh, so several months, several months into my title year. I met at the run, I think shortly after that, I asked you to be my mentor. You are correct. Now I remember. Because I just knew. You were the one. She just knew. Lily, how long have you been in the lifestyle? Two years. Starting February of 2012. And then how long have you been boot blacking? Right around two right years. Right around two years. So you came into the lifestyle and right into the leather. My first event was Self-17 in 2012, and right around the same time was when I realized I like boot blacking. Once she made that realization, you could not pry her away from it. She wanted to soak up every single piece of information she could. She was like a sponge. Enthusiasm is a good thing when somebody comes into the lifestyle. More than just a passion. This is a love and part of who we are. When, when she asked me to be her mentor, I saw that, and that's why I agreed to, because I saw that passion that she had. I saw that connection that she had with the leather and that she was having with, with people who wore the leather. And that, you know, that's, that's one of the things that makes us different than a, than a shoe shine, is that, that connection that we have with, with who's sitting in our chair. That, and we don't just do boots. We, we like to get our hands on some, some pants and some vests and 
jock straps. <laughs> if it's leather, we can touch it. That's the rule. A lot of the vests have pins on them. So to do the vest, you need to take all those pins out. It's ultimately up to our customer. Um, I, I always work around pins. If I'm conditioning somebody's vest, um, you know, I'll get my, my fingers in. Most of, these, most of these pins will pivot a little bit, and you can get up underneath them. Um, I don't typically take pins off. Uh, even if it's a, a take-home project, even if it's somebody's vest that I'm going to take home unless they specifically ask me to. Um, at which point I pull out my camera, take a, you know, a picture of the vest before I take the pins off, and then I'll condition everything and then put all the pins back. But typically I only take the pins off if it's a take-home project and they specifically ask me to. Most folks that are, that are wearing these vests with all the pins, are they have a, a, a pretty big attachment to their pins. And There's a lot, a lot of, of years collecting there them. There's a lot of years collecting them, and a lot of them, they don't want their pins touched. Um, so some folks that have been living this for decades, you can't you can't even see their leather anymore for all the pins. At that point, you wish you had an aerosol conditioner that you could just spray and it would soak in because you're not going to get to the leather. <laughs> and we're going on with coat of polish on your second boot here, just like I taught her. See, she's a sponge. Let's talk about the different types of leather for a second. You have the the leather vests that we see around here a lot. They have kind of a satin sheen to them under the light. Sometimes you see a very shiny leather that's more resemblant of my my boots right now in both pants or vests. Mm -hmm. What is that difference in leather? Is it the way it's processed? A lot of it is different kinds of leather, whether it be a a deer hide or a cow hide. Um, Some of it could be buffalo. A lot of it depends on, you know, what animal the, the leather started life as. Um, another factor in that is the, the processing, the tanning process. A lot of it is uh, what you use to, to condition it. So, you know, as I said, a lot of it starts with the, the beginning animal, then we got the tanning processes, and, and then, you know, how you take care of it later, you know, ultimately decides how your leather's going to look. There are some types of, of leather that you're not going to get a real good shine on them. Like buffalo, for instance, is really heavy, really coarse. And it's going to be one of the duller leathers. Those skin is going to be very soft, very satiny often used for like gloves really really it's not a very pebbly leather so you can get a uh, you can actually get a pretty good gloss on it and lily is now showing one of the reasons why boot blacks usually have a bottle of water somewhere near their stand we we sweat like mad yeah i can certainly see her working down there you don't often realize how all this intricacy can be so uh exhausting <laughs> you'll often see a boot black working a chair for several hours and then have to tell their next customer, you know what, can I, can I get you in, in 10 minutes? I need to take a break. Lily's starting to get a little worn out there. She's going to need a serious drink from that bottle of water here in a moment. Back when we were we were teaching Lily, back at the way back at the beginning, she wanted to be able to have a customer sit in her chair for two hours while she perfected their boots. And you know, we had to explain to her she could not spend two hours perfecting somebody's boots. She had to do a quick shine job. And so we gave her a good shine job, but a quick shine job. And so we gave her an eight-minute goal. And at the eight-minute mark, we made her move on to the next boot. And she got quite angry with us, actually, because she, she didn't feel that she was done and the boot was perfect. And she wanted to be able to work on it some more. And she was, she was quite angry with us that day. After she was done with that customer, she kind of stomped off. And then she realized, it took her a while, but she realized what we were doing. She's gotten a lot better at shortening the shine jobs. It is nice to see an artist perfecting their science. Yes, yes. And it is appreciated. And she is perfecting her craft. I will definitely say that these stands need to be lower, or this chair needs to be higher. I do agree. That's the problem with having you know, customers and boot blacks of different sizes. Like I had to borrow a bar stool from the bar over there just to be able to see your feet in the stirrups. 
as opposed to sitting in a chair because I'm, you know, tiny. As I was saying earlier, that chair over there is is being reserved for the uh, the bootblack contestant who is now stationed over there. And Jack will probably be over in that stand for the next two or three hours. This would probably be much to Lily's dismay, but her bio mother is now standing directly behind her. <laughs> no, she's walking away. It's okay. What Lily's doing now is just taking a brush and, and buffing off your leather. I didn't catch whether or not she sprayed that brush with water or not before she buffed, but some bootblacks do, some don't. Judging by the look she just gave me, not, and she's wondering if she should have. So I've worked with this kid long enough. I know what she's thinking. Just by the look on her face, that one was a little bit of terror. Should I have sprayed it with water? Oh, God. Sometimes spraying the brush with water gets the, um, gives it a better shine. You end up with a, a water barrier between the brush and the leather. And it actually encourages the polish to stick to the leather instead of coming off on the brush. Now she just sprayed a little bit of water on the brush and she's going to see the difference in the boot. This is a quick version of a military spit shine. Same purpose of using spit. You know, I've heard that term my whole life, but I never really knew. Never knew what it was. Yep, they will, uh, They'll actually use spit or water. Encourages, the, like I said, the polish to stick to the boot instead of the brush or the rag or whatever you're using. If done correctly and you're applying it with a rag, you can use a, a damp rag and apply the polish. If done correctly, you should be able to look at your cloth when you're done, and your cloth may be a little bit gray from the polish, but you won't have a buildup of, of polish on the, on the cloth. It's actually pretty amazing how it happens. You can dip back into that polish bin dozens of times, but you still won't have any polish left on the rag. It's all on the boots. Which is where it belongs. Which is where it's supposed to be, right? Now she's breaking out. I'm not sure if that's trouser sock or out. Oh, that's a knee-high. Little nylon. We like to use nylon as a uh, as a finishing buffer. A lot of shoe shine boys will will use will use cotton, and we've discovered over the years that you know just the the cheap thirty nine cent nylons at Walmart make great buffing cloths. And as you can see, the shine she's bringing out on that with the the shine's amazing. Mm-hmm. Just the difference between the buffing brush and the nylon. I would have never thought of nylon for mm-hmm. that. I like to use. Um, I've got some of those in my kit. One of the things I've started using is, is I'll spend a little bit more money and get trouser socks. Um, they're th- you know a little thicker, more substantial, um, and I actually find that I get a better shine with a, a thicker, thicker trouser sock. I'll hit thrift shops and and Goodwill and such, and find nylon stockings and cut them up. Trouser sock made of nylon. Nylon trouser socks, and you can see the shine that she's brought up on your boot just with mm-hmm. that, just with that nylon. Now she's moving on to the other boot, and we're going to get a little little buffing action here, and then she's going to repeat the process with the nylons. A lot of bootblacks will have several different buffing steps. Some of them will do a brush and then a cotton rag and then a nylon. Um, some of them won't use a cotton rag. Um, just you know, different, different, different steps for different bootblacks. They all have a different, different procedure, and it's whatever works for you. And we're getting those small, little, important areas that don't want to be forgotten because if they do, they affect the overall look of the boot when you're done, which is very annoying to a perfection-based bootblack like Lily. Those are looking great, though. They've never looked this way. Really? I'm wondering if she heard that. Yep, she did. She's smiling. She's smiling. That's when you're proud of your work, kiddo. Oh, did you see that? She sprayed the brush. I'm going to give this a try now. See the difference, Lily? Another thing, a benefit to spraying your water brush with water before you buff is that you don't have to wash your brushes as often. It's not going to collect on the it's brush. It's not collecting on the brush. You don't have to wash your mm-hmm. brushes as often. Because otherwise, you can end up with your brushes just caked with polish, which is why it's important to have several different brushes in your kit. Different colors of boots. You don't want somebody with, with red boots. You don't want to sit down and, and buff them with a, a brush that's been caked in black polish. So I have several different brushes. Some are, are designated black. Some are designated neutral. Um, some are designated brown. And then some are different colors. Like if I use them on a, 
a pair of red boots, I will write red over the top of that brush and won't use it again on, an, on another color other than that. So I've got several brushes in my kit that have never been used, and it's, you know, once a customer sits down with a strange color, then it, that's what that brush becomes. And you can see that, like I say, you can see the difference just between the buffing brush and the nylon that she's doing now. You can see the shine that this nylon is bringing out. The shine that's coming up is remarkable. Those look absolutely amazing. She's doing a great job. See, Lily, it's not so bad with your mentor standing over your shoulder. When we started, we had talked about your title. Tell me about uh, the title and when you got it. I am the, or I was the North Carolina Boot Black uh, 2012. That title hadn't actually been been carried for about nine years before I earned it. There, there was no North Carolina Boot Black. Um, and then in 2012, um, at the um, uh, North Carolina Leather Weekend uh, Unity and Understanding, um, they held the, the 2012 Boot Black Contest. Um, I was the only contestant, but managed to earn my points enough to uh, to carry that title for a year, and then uh, stepped aside in in 2013. But was you know happy and proud to be able to represent North Carolina like that, doing doing something I love. When you have a title, what do you do for that year? Uh, there's a lot of traveling. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of teaching. You are basically a you become the face of North Carolina boot blacks. And sometimes it can be a daunting task. Um, whatever title you're holding, you are the you are the face of that title. Um, you are the public image. You are the one representing whatever it is that when you know, whether it uh, Miss Southeast Leather, um, you know the international community boot black, whatever title it is, you become that public face. Um, and you do a lot of teaching. Uh, you do a lot of traveling. You do a lot of sleeping on other people's couches, <laughs> sleeping on floors. Um, there's a lot, a lot of public interaction. Lily's now relacing your boots. And hoping she gets it correctly. She's paying very close attention right now. She is. She's concentrating very hard right now. But title holders basically uh, spend their title year uh, teaching, doing presentations, being guests at events, you know, in their region or, or uh, like, a, you know, as a North Carolina boot black, I, I traveled across North Carolina, uh, sometimes up into Virginia, down in South Carolina. You know, at this contest we're here today, the Southeast Leather Contest will travel across the Southeast from uh, Virginia's a part of it down to Florida. You know, we'll travel all over the southeast. And there are different regional contests. Um, and then there's, you know, the international contest past that point. A little stretching action going on there. Your back can get a little cramped up when you're, when you're bending over somebody's boots for a while. I can attest to that one. Well, we look forward to see Lily in the uh, contest here in the next couple of years. We're talking about that. Do you want it any tighter or is that good? That's perfect, right, the way it is. One of the things we try to pay attention to when doing the finishing job here, it's not just lace them up and send them on their way. You want to make sure they're comfortable when they leave the stand. So mm-hmm. you, know, you want to check and make sure the laces are tight enough or are they too tight? You know, do I need to loosen that up a little bit? Do you like to wrap the laces around the top of your boot or do you just want me to tie them? You know, attention to detail all the way to the end. And now she's going to refer back to the first boot that she laced to make sure she's doing the second one correctly. This is great information for our listeners that really don't know what goes on at Boot Black. Right. stands mm-hmm. and you've given a tremendous detail and we thank you for that thank you for the opportunity quite a bit of fun right here speaking of laces oftentimes you will find uh, a boot black carries extra laces in their kit um, it's not uncommon for a customer to sit down whose laces are just about shot um, and we will offer to replace their laces for them i carry different colors of uh, in addition to extra boot laces i carry different colors of paracord um, which we can use as as, as boot laces i think i've, I've probably got you know, 10 or 12 different colors in there for somebody that just wants to spice up their boots for the night. And paracord is cheap. <laughs> Dozens of different colors and patterns, and you can give the boots a little extra pop. And we're almost done. Double-checking that lacing pattern there. A little adjusting of the tongue. She's going to tighten you up here. And again, verifying they're not too tight or too loose. We're going to tie you up and roll your, your pants back down. 
And, and now we're going to refer to you for the final inspection. Well, One I, final I can, little dust off there. Then as your, your feet are back on the floor. I can see my face in them. I, I think that's a good sign. I that, that, That's yeah. definitely a good sign. All right. Lily, that was a great thank job, you very Lily. much. That was a great job. And thank you, Tidbit, for the great running play-by-play in color. Running commentary. Thank you very much for the opportunity. You have been listening to episode 176 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week when we present Autumn Orange on Humiliation Play.